Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verse 10. The chief priests and the scribes stood vehemently accusing him. Herod with his soldiers humiliated him and mocked him, dressing him in luxurious clothes, and they sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day, for before that they were enemies with each other. The scripture tells us that Chusa, uh, that's Herod's personal steward, and Manian, Herod's foster brother, both of these were actually believers or became believers. Commentators believe that the nobleman or the court official, quote unquote, that Jesus spoke to in John chapter 4 was also likely a part of Herod's extended court. So the faith was clearly all around Herod and yet, well, that was not enough. Proximity to Christ and faith, well, it's never enough. Because you see, unless a man is personally and individually born again, he'll never see the kingdom of God, not on this earth or the hereafter. Now Jesus, he gave Herod nothing. Not a word, nor the touch of the miraculous that Herod so much sought after. So Herod ridiculed Christ and the faith that he carried out to the world. After all, Herod didn't need this. I mean, he was the man after all, powerful and wealthy and self-assured, but it all meant nothing when the table was turned at his judgment day. History tells us that Pilate and Herod were never friends before this day. <laughs> it's strange how both mutual love and mutual hatred can bring people together. You know, birds of a feather and the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of stuff. In fact, entire aberrant churches have been formed just on the foundation of a mutual hatred. You see, these people, they were angry and they were jealous. Pilate was afraid and self-preserving. Herod, he was curious but prideful. I think the reasons for failure to recognize Jesus for who he is and who he was, well, they are plentiful. Do you recognize Jesus? What will your excuse be? Verse 13 of this chapter begins, Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people. And he said to them, You brought this man to me as one that perverts the people, and behold, having examined him before you, I found no basis for charge against this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. Neither has Herod, for I sent you to him, and see nothing worthy of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. Now it was clear by reading this passage that Pilate was having second thoughts about all of it. Putting together all of the gospel accounts of this historical meeting and what you have is a picture of one nervous ruler. You see, Pilate moved now to, well, to persuade the masses. However, throughout his tenure as governor, he had consistently been at odds with those who had been placed under his authority. So now, here he was skating on some seriously thin ice. Well, if he pushes the issue too far, well, he's going to have an insurrection on his hands. Let it go, 
and an innocent man gets crucified. So for sure, Pilate was looking for a graceful way out of all of this. But you know what? There was not one to be found. To choose Jesus would have cost him everything. Yet, you know what? That's no more of a cost than what each of us must spend. Verse 17, now he had to release one prisoner to them at the feast. This is Pilate. But they all cried out together saying, away with this man, release to us Barabbas, one who was thrown into prison for a certain revolt in the city and for murder. Then Pilate spoke to them again, wanting to release Jesus. Now, obviously, Pilate thought the people would surely choose to let Jesus go free if he gave them the option. But that wasn't going to happen. It seems compromise, well, never leads to anything good. So as incredible as it sounds, the people here decided in favor of a murderer, Barabbas. How in the world could such a thing happen? The Bible refers to the masses of mankind as sheep. Therefore, the picture is that we tend to follow. We rarely lead. The people, they were led foolishly by leaders who had a personal agenda. And apparently few, if any, of those standing there that day had the integrity and the strength to go against the flow. It was quite likely that at least some of them had personally witnessed in the past the miraculous at the hands of Jesus. I mean, they had seen his power, felt his love, experienced his care. And yet, they stood with the rest and they chanted, Crucify him, crucify him. You know, such is the truth of mankind throughout the ages. For the only way we will stand before Christ as the current of the world goes the other direction is that if we love him more than we love ourselves, more than we love the world in which we live. And as our Savior stood there before the people chanting crucify him, it was only that self-denial and love for us that kept him swimming against the current. Verse 21 says, but they shouted, saying, crucify him, crucify him. Now, it seems crazy to think that these folks would rather have a known murderer in their midst rather than Jesus. Seems insane, but mankind has been making that choice almost from the beginning. Jesus could have stopped this incredible wrong right then, right there but he instead allowed himself to die in a place, in place of this very guilty man. I mean, imagine that. Jesus was going to be the substitute for Barabbas the murderer, the perfect for the imperfect, just as he, has, as, as he was for our substitute. He died that we might live. And Mark tells us that the chief priest had whipped up the crowd. Let me ask you, who's moving you today? Christianity is personal at its inception and at one's finale. In between, well, in between, it's lived out corporately as a local church. However, we must always do what we do because of Christ's direction to us personally, not because of the push of a man or an organization. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.